Let's talk about how the first half of the Jazz in 22 season went for the Phillips. <laughs> going on everybody welcome to Philly's House of Mini and today we're going to be talking about the first half of the Jazz 22 seasons for the Phils and the expectations going into the second half. Now guys before we get into this video please subscribe if you haven't it. Please don't the bell. Please like this video, comment on this video, share this video and let's get into this. Uh, so the Phillies enter the All-Star break with a 49-43 and 43 record, uh, six games over 500, as they are tied for the third wildcard spot in the National League with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, so this is where I thought they'd be. Uh, of course, so we were without our uh, you know reigning NL MVP and Bryce Harper. He definitely had a strange first half of the season through 92 games. Of course, 11 uh, more than what would be a normal you know first half of the season in 81 games. We definitely had a lot of high expectations going into the season, right? With signing Nick Castellanos to a five-year, $100 million contract, uh, and signing Kyle Schroeder to a four-year, $79 million contract. This also included uh, some moves to the bullpen with signing Brad Hand to a one-year, $6 million deal. The same with Jerry Smiley, one-year, $6 million deal, and signing Corey Knable to a one-year, $10 million deal. Uh, so there certainly were, you know, a good amount of moves needed that Dean Gabrowski after the lockout was over. But of course, prior to the lockout happening, uh, that is when he did sign Corkin Able to that one-year $10 million contract. Uh, so at that time when we did sign Corkin Able, he was supposed to be uh, just a setup man. But I think signing two guys that can't play defense and Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos really wasn't the best decision. I mean, I, I'm much more a Kyle Schwarber fan than I am a Nick Castellanos fan. Uh, but, uh, I mean, signing both of them certainly uh, was kind of a Dave Gombrowski type move. This is a guy that loves to throw money. It's, you know, certain guys, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of power hitters. Uh, and uh, this hasn't really worked out. You know, when he arrived in Boston, Mookie Betts was already thriving. Of course, Dave Gombrowski's first full season in Boston was in 2016. Uh, so it wasn't like he helped bring out Mookie Betts in the minor leagues. It wasn't like he helped, uh, you know, young stars in Boston like Xander Bogarts. Uh, you know, really progress uh, through the minor leagues. I mean, these are guys that already were in the majors when he arrived there. It's not like he really was instrumental uh, in uh, helping these guys move along their careers. Uh, and uh, he only stuck around one season after they won the World Series. At the end of 2018, he was fired. So Dave Gabrowski, he's kind of had a track record of doing this kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, to start off this little mid-season review here, uh, we're going to go behind the plate with J.T. Muto in the second year of a five-year contract. He definitely started off not on the highest note, that is for sure. Uh, but uh, since then, he has uh, posted a 252 average, 8 home runs, 38 RBI, is to go along with a 722 OPS. Uh, so he's definitely started to turn his season around over his last seven games, hitting 375, 321 over his last 15, and 259 over his last 30. Uh, so um, he's certainly started to turn his season around. Uh, so an OPS uh, well above the 1,000 mark uh, over the last week. Even defensively, too, saw that catch he made, you know, pretty much leaning into the Phillies dugout, making a catch on a pop-up. Something he didn't wasn't able to do, you know, a month and a half ago, right? A ball up right, right up against the netting, and he just totally just dropped it. Uh, I understand we're all human, we all make mistakes, but... Uh, you know, he's really, really looked better over this last month. I mean, just he, he looks like he has like a, he's playing with a different energy going into the second half of the season for JT. I'm looking for him to drive the OPS above 800. I, I really, really mean that. I mean, uh, you know, sad as low as it was, uh, you know, towards like the, you know, kind of creeping towards like the 600s for a while there, uh, when he was really slumping. I, I, I think he's definitely capable of getting up above 800. I and mean, think about that. I mean, that's pretty, uh, cool for a catcher to have an OPS above 800. Uh, he'd be back in that BCIB talk, uh, and for him ran around 260, 270. I don't care about the average as much, but the power, you know, certainly has been kind of eh. Uh, 
Uh, it's been better recently with eight home runs, but uh, you know he definitely needs to uh, you know start hit the ball. The ball break just a little bit more. Uh, and looking over at uh, first base, Reese. Hoskins uh, with a, a 2.44 average, 19 home runs, 44 RBI to go along with a 8.16 uh, OPS. Uh, so he's definitely had his ups and downs. Uh, really got off to a slow start to begin the season. You know, pretty much been seeing a lot of time out of the tool hole for the Phils. Uh, but this is a guy that consistently draws walks. This is a guy uh, that sees the baseball very well. I mean, led the National Leagues in walks in 2019. Uh, but uh, you know, one thing about Reese, he's you know really been good at over the past few months has been consistently hitting home runs. Like this is a guy that's home runs usually come in bunches, and he's still kind of doing away, but uh, his home runs have really, really been spread out more. And that's one thing I'm really, really happy about with Reese is he's starting to cluster his home runs together as much. Like he's starting to spread them out more, and I really, really like to see that. Uh, so as I said, 44 RBI, just six shy of 100. Uh, this is a guy that would have the uh, 100 uh, RBI mark last year if he had not been hurt and, you know, in late August. Uh, if the ended his season, unfortunately. So uh, going into the second half of the season, I mean, it's at around 250. I mean, 244 is fine. This is as long as that OPS is still, you know, sitting way above the 800 mark, which it is right now at 816. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm pretty content with this. I'm pretty content with this. I mean, as I say, he's not the best defender. Uh, he's a kind of just a clumsy defender. He doesn't really look like his head's in the game a lot, so hopefully he can clean that up. And honestly, he's never really been a good of a defender at first base. He just hasn't. Uh, you know, I don't really know if that's really going to change that much. Uh, but uh, pretty much what I've expected out of Reese Hoskins, uh, and uh, Derek Hall, right, kind of a short sample size we've seen out of him, uh, only getting a 61 at-bats. But in those 61 at-bats, he's uh, hit 262 and four home runs and eight RBI and provided an 827 OPS. An 827 OPS for this guy, uh, so that's just wonderful. Love to see a young rookie come up uh, and uh, really provide a jolt. Uh, so in his first couple of games, he certainly was, you know, hitting the, the long balls for sure, right? Long ball hole. That second half of the season is going to be interesting to see what happens to him when Bryce Harper comes back. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those things you got to cross that bridge when you get there. Uh, where will he play, uh, you know, when Bryce Harper comes back? But, uh, you know, you're not, you're not going to worry about that right now. I mean, he's certainly picked up a load. He's certainly kind of filled a void. You know, not, 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 to, not to the point of Bryce Harper, of course, but he's certainly, uh, you know, filled, you know, some of the void that has been left, uh, you know, with guys like Gene Segura, Bryce Harper not being in the lineup. Uh, so that's pretty much what we needed and more. Moving on to uh, Gene Segura, who has been uh, out since uh, early June after he fractured uh, his right index finger uh, through 167 at bats. He had 275 at six home runs and 19 RBI to go along with a 731 OPS. This is a guy that puts the ball in play a lot. Uh, you know, he doesn't really strike out all that much. I'm not going to say he like rarely ever strikes out, but he doesn't strike out, you know, as much as like, you know, of course the power hitters do like Schwarbs and Nick and, uh, you know, Harp. I mean, he doesn't strike out to that kind of level. I mean, he's above average second baseman. I mean, he's a much better second baseman than he's a shortstop. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully he could get his average up around 300. I mean, we, we all know he's capable of that. He really hasn't had like one phenomenal season since arriving in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't really love his style of play, uh, but uh, he will be back uh, probably around the same time Bryce Harper's back. Maybe a little bit before, hopefully around like, you know, mid-August or so. Uh, so fortunately, he has been out uh, since early June. It's hard to believe he's been out, you know, that long. Uh, but uh, this is a guy that's been very streaky. Uh, he's, he's a very streaky hitter. Uh, so when he does come back, really just looking for this guy to just keep, uh, you know, having that simple approach. He's a table set at the top of the lineup. He loves to put the ball in place. So that's one good thing you could say about him. Uh, and uh, Alec Bloom over at third base. It's definitely been an odd season for him. Uh, you know, he started off the season with not really getting much playing time due to his terrible defense, but he's 
Chiefs really, really started to pick it up. A 276 average, six home runs, 35 RBI to go along with a OPS just one point shy of 700 at 699. I'd like to see the pull the baseball a little bit more, and his defense has been better. A guy has not had a good uh, you know, career track record from being a good defender. He's definitely been better over the last few months, so I'm looking for him to continue that in the second half of the season. This is a guy I do think can hit 300, uh, but I'm more worried about that OPS. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's certainly started to climb. For his last 30 games, he's hitting 299, uh, you know, with the OPS, uh, you know, above 700. Uh, so this guy certainly uh, started to turn his season around. He's going to start off, you know, really hot. He kind of went into a, you know, a little rut there for a little while, and then now he's settled back in to where he was at the beginning of the season. Uh, so hopefully he can uh, carry that through to the second half. Peter Gorsi who's definitely been battling some injuries this year uh, for the second straight year. Uh, 175 at bat, 234 average, just one home run, 17 RBI, and a 646 OBS. The guy's a terrible defender. I mean, uh, not as bad as he was last year, I guess you could say, uh, when he provided us uh, just a, a 640 OPS uh, and hit two, and I have a 270 OBP. He's definitely been a little bit more productive, but not anything crazy, right? This guy's in the final year of his two-year contract. He's not coming back. Uh, and uh, as I said, the injuries are a problem with this guy. He's not healthy, uh, and I'm just not impressed with him. I am just not. This was the whole plan, right? I remember talking about this last year. I mean, this D's on a final year of his deal. Bryson Stott, who's been kind of, you know, seeing some time in second base due to Gene Scores injury. Bryson Stott will slide over the shortstop when D's contract is up after this year. It's pretty straightforward. Speaking of Bryson Stott, uh, through a 202 AB, he's hitting 188 with six home runs and 26 RBI, a 562 OPS. And as I talked about, uh, before, I mean, this is a guy who really, really started off the season on a rough note. Uh, and, uh, you know, he didn't really get a whole lot of consistent playing time under manager Drew Girardi. And then in early June, when Ron Thompson took over as the manager, he played every single day for the most part. I think you really have to judge him over that over that span. Over the last, like, 45 to 50 games or so. Uh, over his last seven games, he's in 260 now with a 296 on-base percentage. Uh, and over his last 15, uh, was supposedly basically spent two weeks, 231 with a 298 on-base percentage. So, this guy is a better hit than what he's hitting uh, this year overall. So I, I do think it's unfair to judge his overall numbers, but even his numbers over the last 45 uh, haven't been great, but they are better than the overall numbers this year. Uh, so, uh, you know, 202 AB, it's not like he's only had like 50 at-bats. I mean, the guy's had, you know, plenty of at-bats. I just think that, that the beginning of the season, that really weird, you know, run he was in, I think it's kind of hindered him. He, he had a great spring training. Uh, he's a very good defender. He has great range of story. He hits the ball to all fields. Uh, so the future is definitely bright for this guy. You know, only 24 years of age. And moving on to the outfield, Kyle Schwarber, first year of a four-year contract out in left field. Of course, the original plan was when we did sign uh, Castellanos and Schwarbs is that they were going to platoon DH, uh, you know, and uh, left field together. Uh, but due to Bryce Harper's unfortunate UCL tear, you know, it's pretty much uh, restricted him to just being a designated hitter. You know, prior to him uh, fracturing that left thumb, Castellanos has moved out to right field, and then Kyle Schwarber has been out in left field uh, ever since. Uh, so a 208 average for Schwarbs. Uh, he decided that he uh, all our game 29 home runs 58 rbis and 820 ops uh so it's definitely been an odd season for Schwartz. this is just weird i mean when, when you have a guy who was at 30 home runs before the all-star break uh and the guy's just hitting just above 200 i mean that's got to be a weird season he's really really uh you know done a good job of ranking up the walks at 52 on the year uh so uh you know that's certainly no slouch for sure uh but as i said as of late has not done a good job of that he's definitely been struggling just about to hit you know creep up above the 230 mark and you know this batting average a week and a half ago his opms was just about to climb over the 900 mark uh and he's fallen all the way 
batting down to 208. Uh, so uh, we all know how streaky this guy is. Uh, the guy's a power hitter. He's not a good defender, but he's giving you Kyle Schwarber type defense out left field. Not anything great, but not like too terrible. Uh, you know, he has a really good arm. I think I think Kyle Schwarber's arm is very underrated, uh, but he's just he doesn't have good range out there. He's a very slow uh, runner out there. Uh, so 58 RBI, certainly no slouch for Schwarber. A lot of solo shots. A lot of solo shots as of late. Uh, so during the second half of the season, I like to see him be a little bit more consistent. Uh, start to rank up those walks again. He's kind of turned away from that a little bit. Uh, and uh, he certainly is a strikeout king. Moving on to the center field position, certainly been uh, a question mark, right? I mean, Matt Fierling, a guy that I have the most confidence in, but guys like Dubo Herrera and Mickey Moniak uh, have also seen some time out there. Uh, Herrera's provided a 244 average to go along with a 679 OPS. Uh, you know, he hustles, though. I will say that. He hustles out of left hand side of batter's box. He's a terrible defender. I'm not impressed with his defense at all. He's a deer in the headlights out there. Uh, so uh, the Philly center field position has been a mess for years now. Hopefully the, this changes next year. We're just going to have to go with this the rest of the season. Uh, of course, Matt Fielding is the best option out there to get to that in a little bit, but only five runs at 19 RBI uh, for Herrera. He's a very, very streaky hitter. A lot of streaky hitters on this team, uh, and Herrera is certainly one of them. Moving on to Matt Fielding, a 231 average, three home runs, 13 RBI, a 646 OPS. This is a guy that I was super down on to begin the season. I was not a fan of Matt Fielding. I, I really didn't like him getting any playing time, uh, but uh, he has been my favorite option out in center field. He has cooled off a little bit over the last uh, few weeks, last like month and a half or so. Overall, he has really looked a lot better than uh, the first few months of the season. He's definitely provided good defense on center field. Face planting, uh, you know, out in the outfield grass, uh, you know, uh, not afraid to get dirty out there. Uh, you know, he plays he plays the game in a pretty aggressive way, which I like to see. So, uh, you know, that's one thing that uh, I've been really impressed with, with uh, Matt Fielding. He plays the game hard. Also, you know, has moments with coming up clutch. I mean, uh, yesterday that RBI double was 646 OBS. I think you can see that a little bit higher, but, uh, you know, continue that good defense out in center field. Uh, so this guy certainly has potential at only at 25 years old. Uh, and uh, Nick Castellanos getting on to him. I got a lot of topic of discussion for this guy. Uh, signing a five-year, $100 million contract with the Phils. Uh, he's posted a 251 average, eight home runs, 46 RBI. And go along with a 673 uh, OBS. Certainly underwhelming for sure. This is a guy that had 34 home runs last year uh, with the Cincinnati Reds. Hit way over 300. He was an all-star last year. Uh, so this has been a really just a lousy season for the Castellanos. So the home run department, probably the biggest disappointment of them all, and that reflects in the 673 OPS that he has. Uh, so a start hitting home runs. He only hit one home run in the month of June. That when we pick up the start of play against the Chicago Cubs on July 22nd, he's still homeless in July. I mean, the home runs are just ridiculous. This is a guy uh, that is a power hitter. Uh, and uh, just where are the home runs? Where are the home runs? He doesn't have good range on right field. Not as worried about that because he honestly he shouldn't be out there. Uh, he's out there just because of you know Harp's injury, uh, you know two injuries I guess you could say. Uh, but I'm not as upset about that because honestly, as I say, he's never been a good defender. But I mean, this is the biggest problem. He's not walking. He's not even really collecting extra base hits. I understand he's had a little hidden streak going, but it's been a lot of one hit games. Uh, to go in the second half. Start hitting home runs. I mean, seriously, it's going to be a miracle if he even hits 20 at this point. Uh, it's just embarrassing. The guy only has eight home runs, I and mean, this guy's considered a power hitter. He hit 34 last year, so super underwhelming year for Nick Castellanos. I said, I mean, uh, mistake. I mean, signing both of these guys, Schwarber and Castellanos, was certainly a mistake. Moving on to the reigning NL MVP, Bryce Harper, uh, 318 average to uh, 242 at bats, 15 runs, 48 RBI, a 984 PS. We certainly miss Bryce. Uh, I miss him. Uh, every single day. <laughs> I've gotten used to seeing him. Uh, it's been weird. It definitely took an adjustment. 
but uh, I certainly miss this guy. I mean, it just it just pains me to turn on the TV and want, not see him play. Uh, but uh, prior to his injury, he certainly was putting up great numbers. I mean, this guy picked up right where he left off uh, you know, last year in his MVP year. I mean, right where he left off. Uh, the OPS just below 1,000. Uh, he was probably going to have close to 40 home runs this year. Uh, but during the second half of the season, when he does come back, uh, hopefully he could just get close to 30 home runs. I certainly think he could do that. Especially if he could just hit around you know, 27, 28, that would be incredible. Uh, he's definitely capable of doing that. I mean, he Bryce Harper lives for the you know, mid, you know, mid to late August to September. This, this guy puts up great numbers. He's had great career numbers during those couple months. Hopefully he can get around you know, upper 70s and RBIs. He would have had over 100 this year. It's certainly disappointing. He would have been in another running for another NL MVP, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, so hopefully when he does come back, he'll be able to start out in right field again uh, because that UCL has definitely had a good amount of time to rest. So just to touch on the bench a little bit, I'm not really going to go too uh, much anyway. Yohan Camargo has certainly been a uh, pretty solid option despite him having some injuries. He's a very good defender. He is a switch hitter, which I also like. Uh, so, and Yonio Munez, also another guy that's certainly come up clutch for us as well. He's provided a 779 OPS as a part time player, uh, which I'm very happy about. And Garrett Stubbs is the backup catcher. Certainly has had his moments as well as, you know, definitely showing some fame. Of course, the bench isn't as much of a uh, as much of an importance, I guess you could say, now that we do have the DH in the National League. A 262 average for Stubbs uh, and three home runs and 820 OPS as a backup catcher. I mean, think about that. I think about Andrew Knapp, and then you go take a look at Garrett Stubbs. It's been a, just a far better catcher than Andrew Knapp, a, a wonderful uh, replacement uh, as the backup catcher. Moving on to star rotation, Zach Lear at the top, the all-star snub, uh, a 8-5 record with a 2.89 ERA in 99 and two-thirds innings. This is about 100 innings to go on with a 108 whip. I mean, definitely an all-star snub. Uh, so this guy is certainly the ace of the rotation. I mean, he definitely had a rough start to go into the all-star break like he did last year. Uh, but to going into the second half of the season, uh, you know, use that all-star snub as motivation to continue to mow hitters down and lower power, you know, guys with a fastball. Aaron Nola. We have not seen this kind of uh, stretch out of Aaron Nola, you know, pretty much going into the all-star break since his all-star not in 2018. Uh, six and seven on the year, which I don't even really think about. A 3-1-3 year A, 126 and two-thirds innings pitched. This guy's an inning eater. Inning eater. Uh, 137 strikeouts to go along with a 0-9-1 whip. Uh, so in some ways, in some departments, he has been better uh, than Zach Lear. Of course, I still consider Zach Lear the ace of this rotation. Of course, this guy's done a better job of you know eating more innings than Zach Lear has, uh, simply because Zach Lear, of course, did miss some time at the beginning of the season, uh, you know, due to that shoulder problem. Hopefully, Aaron Nola can you know bring this in the second half of the season. I love it because this is a guy uh, that has not done well in you know mid to late August, going into September, right? So it's going to be very interesting to see how he does that. Uh, that's I think that's going to be the true test for this guy. Uh, but the curveball has not looked like a beast. Well, he's definitely gotten much better command. He's kept it down in the zone more. Uh, and the changeup has a lot of zip on it. I mean, it has a lot of zip on it. Uh, the home runs have definitely been down. I, I just can't believe how good this guy has been. Going to Kyle Gibson, certainly inconsistent. A 5-3 record with a 4-3-5 year rate, 97 to third innings, pitched to be 1-2-0. I mean, this guy's just a you know, decent 4-5 starter. He's not anything great. Uh, and, uh, you know, keeps the ball on the ground. You know, usually, of course, he does have these weird games where he strikes out like, you know, seven plus. But that's pretty unusual for a guy like Kyle Gibson. Uh, but the infield defense seems to be good behind him. Uh, so he's giving you kind of this Kyle Gibson numbers for the first half. He's not anything great. He's on the final year of his contract. I mean, I just look for him to kind of just be a little more consistent in the second half. Zach Eflin, who's currently injured right now, uh, you know, he has had a setback with that knee injury. Uh, three and five record with a four, three, seven ERA uh, and uh, 68 innings of work. This has got to be more consistent. Said, he's one of those guys that doesn't have the best stuff and he relies so much on location. If his stuff's just a little bit off. He just gets hit around. I mean, so bad. And, uh, moving on here, Ranger Suarez. 
7 and 5 with a 407 ERA through 84 innings. He's definitely looked better lately. Of course, he is coming off of the IL with some back soreness, a 1 4 2 whip. Uh, this is a guy that does not go very deep in the games. You see only 84 innings of work. Uh, of course, you know, some of that is a little bit, uh, you know, diluted because of the, you know, missing some time on the IL. Does not go very deep in the games. He really, really did well last year, and it seems like that, that same success that was in, you know, last year hasn't really flowed into this year. Uh, so hopefully we can see that a little bit more in the second half of the season uh, in the bullpen. I mean, uh, finish it up here. I mean, the bullpen has really, really been a bright spot for the Phils, especially over the last, uh, you know, month and a half since Rob Thompson took over as the manager. Sandy Dominguez looks comfortable in the closing spot. Uh, in a few games, he's definitely looked a little bit shaky, but for the most part, he's definitely looked uh, a lot better. Four and three, they won a five ERA uh, and an 0-9-4 uh, whip to go along with 41 strikeouts, 34 innings of work. Uh, and uh, I love Brad Hand in the setup role and go along with Corey Knievel with a righty lefty, uh, you know, little uh, platoon there in the setup role. And I love that. I mean, it's just so dangerous. Uh, you know, Hand providing a 2-1-7 ERA. Uh, so this guy has been consistently good all year long. Uh, and of course. Corey Knable first started off as the closer. This didn't work out, and uh, he's definitely done much better in the setup role. A 303 ERA for Knable with uh, 32 strikeouts. Uh, it seems like he's not the kind of guy that likes pressure. We saw that with the Dodgers last year. Uh, so this is a guy that's definitely much better suited uh, in the closing role. The guys like Andrew Bellotti, Connor Brogdon, I mean, they've been great. They, they really have been great. Of course, Connor Brogdon currently on the IL right now, but uh, you know uh, his fastball really had a lot of life on it. He was hitting his locations. Uh, he certainly was effective with that fastball. Uh, and uh, as I talked about, Andrew Bellotti, Nick Nelson definitely have been solid options uh, for the Phil's bullpen. Uh, and Jose Alvarado guy has really, really turned around his season. Uh, you know, ever since coming up from AAA, has been his world's better. Uh, you know, he's hitting his spots. He's always had good stuff, but now he's finally starting to hit his spots. Uh, so he's just been just, you know, really overpowering with this stuff. He said he's hitting his spots. That's all I care about. Uh, so he's 439 ERA. It's like ERA was like up towards like the sixes for a while. Uh, and it uh, just keeps getting lower and lower. Uh, so I'm still not a huge fan of Colorado, but I liked them a lot better recently. Going into the second half of the season, I think it's going to be very interesting when Gene Segura and Bryce Harper do come back. Uh, and Zach Eflin does, you know, come back. I mean, as I said, did have a setback with the knee. And this is a guy that always, always, always uh, seems to have an injury in the second half of the season. I had the same thing last year. He only made like one start after the All-Star break. So uh, this is going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. So guys, thanks so much for watching this video. Please subscribe if you haven't yet. Please turn the bell. Please like this video. Comment on this video. Share this video. Check out the social media. Link is good Section at Felice at Media, Instagram, Instagram, follow me on Twitter at Beyond Soap Media, car text 267 225 email at Media at So, guys, thanks for watching uh, mid season review. I mean, a video about Justin Crawford coming soon. So, guys, I'm Luke and I'll talk to you. Let's go, Phil's.